one of the player recruitment officers coming down to watch Faisal Khan won a couple of the games and yeah apparently he knew I was Guyanese anyway through football manager apparently it was on there when you were there Sam and John Bostock came in and he mm-hmm. sort of came in from Palace do you remember him coming in yeah John was my youth team so I still speak to John now John's a very good friend of mine he's reading bedtime stories isn't he during the lockdown I think I saw recently yeah, yeah no, he's, he's, um, John, John's a man of God and he's a he's a very humble man and he's um, he's gone on to have a, a really good career yes yeah people may have you know seen him going abroad as you know a lesser option but he's earned a career in the game of course he was dubbed to be the next big thing at 16 years old but you know I think that's the realities of football really it's not as easy as people make out he did make a move from Palace to Tottenham and at Tottenham to be fair there was so many players like I said within my generation my age groups that were equally as talented and doing really good themselves so it wasn't straightforward for John and it was never going to be easy at a club like Tottenham with so many talented players coming up but like I said he's gone on to have a fantastic career you know he's he got his move back to the championship this year so you know fair play to him yeah I actually saw him play the other Friday actually before lockdown we played against Millwall yeah. on the Friday night game he, yeah he, like bossed that midfield didn't he even though they lost 3-0 he was totally in control of it John's always had that in his locker. He's um, he's always had the physical attributes and technically he's always been outstanding and he's a great protector of the ball and a great passer of the ball. And that's why he's had a great career. We all live in a um, Crystal Palace kind of catchment area uh, in South yeah. London, South London here. And so I, I just remember at the time, the Palace fans that I know were really upset. Like He was really thought of like as a wonder kid, you know. He was, yeah. That we'd he was. post from, he was. you know, at the time. What were the obstacles? I mean, I know there were other good players there, but you know, you just wonder. You're you're intrigued by what's that obstacle that you know some guys come through and some guys don't. Do you know what? Like I said, you you had equally as talented players within the same age group. You look at the year below. You had obviously Harry Kane's age group, and not only that, the players that were playing in front of him in the first team at the time. You know, it's never going to be a case of John was going to go straight into the first team. Into Luka Modric's position. You know, he had a couple of opportunities in the UEFA Cup and, and whatnot. But ultimately, I think the boys playing in front of him at the time, if I'm correct, it would have been Tommy Huddleston, Didier Zakora maybe. Luka Modric was there at the time. Jermaine Gina. Bentley. Yeah. yeah. Jamie O'Hara was still quite young playing games in the first team at the time, I think. So, yeah. you know, he still had five or six players in the first team to get ahead of. Not only the likes of Jake Livermore that were knocking on the door at centre midfield, Danny Rose centre midfield at the time, Jack Magoma centre midfield at the time, Yasser Kasim, Ryan Mason, Dean Parrott. You had all these boys that were top, top, top central midfield players knocking on the door of the first team. So it was never going to be straightforward for John where he'd gone from a club like Palace where he was, you know, like you said, dubbed as the next big thing and maybe a bigger fish in a smaller pond, it was it was always going to be tough at a club like Tottenham. Yeah, you just mentioned that cluster um, of names. So um, I just think it's how hard it is. Yeah. And that's all in yeah, competition yeah. as well. It really. Yeah. Can we just move on, Sam, to your international career? Because sure. this is just a wonderful story. How did you feel when you first got called up by Guyana? Did you approach them or did they approach you? It was a funny one because I'd always been inquisitive about Guyana and going to play for them and stuff like that from... 
you know, as early as I can remember. I remember Wikipedia in Guyana football and I, I just used to stay in touch and stay in check with what they were doing, etc. And I just wanted to check out my roots and see what the national team was like. It wasn't until I dropped into non-league and I was at Bourne Wood at the time and there was a player at the time, Ricky Shakes, who was playing for the Guyana national team. And we had a really successful season that season. Uh, we got promoted from the National South. I was club captain at Bournemouth at the time. And, you know, I, I had a really good season. And I remember speaking to Shakesy throughout the year saying, so what's going on with Guyana? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, actually, one of the scouts is coming down to watch. One of the player recruitment officers is coming down to watch. Faisal Khan won a couple of the games. And Faisal came to watch a couple of the games throughout the season. Shakesy had told him that I was Guyanese and... Yeah, apparently he knew I was Guyanese anyway through Football Manager. Apparently it was on there. And I didn't even know that. Oh, really? I, 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 I don't even play size. Football Manager. And apparently I was on there as Guyanese. So, um, yeah, he knew through that. And, yeah, he, he came to watch me a few times. And Faisal Khan uh, contacted me over Christmas. And he said, you know, there's a possibility that you might get called up for the national team. What you need to do now is sort out your passport. And I was like, OK, cool. Like, you know, I'm brilliant. And that was a process in itself, trying to get the passport done. And eventually got it done. And come end of the season, we was in the playoff final. I remember getting a call from the gaffer at the time, the guy in the gaffer, Jamal Shabazz. And he said, we're looking to call you up for the World Cup qualifiers in May, June, I think it was. You know, would you be interested? And I was like, of course, like, it would be an absolute honour. Got called up. I didn't think that I would be, you know, a starter. I didn't think I'd be going straight in. I knew there was some English boys going over as well. Neil Dan at the time was at Bolton. Matthew Briggs was at. I think Briggsy was at Millwall at the time. I can't remember. And you had Barrington that was at Leicester. So there was four English boys that were going over, four English-born boys and myself. I didn't think that I'd go straight into the starting starting, uh, starting eleven or anything like that. But the way it turned out, I did. And we was there, to be fair, we was there for about 20 days before the actual game. It, it was like a proper wow. proper camp it was. It was, um, it was tough. It was really tough. And for me, going over, I remember the first time I went over there and the heat that licked, licked off of me when I stepped yeah. off the plane. I was like, I don't know how. I'm gonna... <laughs> really? I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to be playing in this. Wow. Got off the yeah. plane and I remember Danzy, Briggsy and Barrington, they were already there. I was a bit late at coming to camp because obviously I had the playoff final. And yeah, I got there. I remember the local base boys that were looking at me and um, I've said this story before to a paper. I remember uh, they wasn't really welcoming when I first came. And I, that, I think that was a theme because, you know, you, you're coming from an overseas country you're looking to take players places you know it, it was quite a frosty yeah. perception to first come over and I remember a few boys kissing it like kissing their teeth and, oh really um, yeah I remember I remember getting on the bus the first time we trained um I remember go to going to sit on the bus Danzy, Briggsy and Barrington actually didn't train that day they got given a day off so it was just me training I think it was or maybe Barrington trained one maybe one of them and I went to sit down on one of the seats on the bus and the boys wouldn't let me sit down. They was like, no, you can't. You got, you got to go and sit somewhere else. So I remembered that, and I remember like, I remember one of the boys that said I couldn't sit on that seat. I remember the first tackle that I done in training. Um, it was my first session. I absolutely wiped him out. And it was kind of from then. I, I, I knew the boys started respecting me from then. So I had to, uh, I had to establish myself and lay down the law and, and just let them know I weren't no mug. So. Yeah, from then, like I said, I went on and we played the game against St Vincent and I got a couple of assists and done well that game. So, no, it was, it's been a great experience. But then you got to the international tournament finals. I mean, that must, that's, you know, the equivalent of, say, the European Championships for the European teams. Yeah. How, how was that? 
that like I've, I've said it before that was probably the proudest achievement of my career my greatest achievement of my career get helping get Guyana to a world major tournament that was that was a goal when I first started playing in 2015 I said you know I was going to leave the program in a better place and I was going to help achieve something that the country had never achieved before and you know it was around about this time last year we beat Belize to qualify out of our group in the Nations League and that was arguably or one of the proudest days best days of my life to be honest mate it was unbelievable and the reception that we had over there it was it was like it's something that I've never seen before you know grown men and women you know invading the pitch and you know crying tears of joy in the fact that you know we was going to be put out there on, on the world stage 49 million viewers the CONCACAF Gold Cup was wow. in, in wow. the summer so people that never even knew that our, our country's name when people say oh where are you from you say Guyana people are like oh don't you mean Ghana people didn't even know the name of our country so <laughs> straight away the exposure that we got 49 million people you know tuning in and, and actually knowing who we were and researching about our country, you know, that, that that was priceless. And hopefully that's inspired a generation. Quite literally putting them on the map. That's that's brilliant stuff. And I, I was just looking yeah. at the team from from that tournament as well. Like you mentioned Neil Downs before, Matthew Briggs. It's a real, I'm seeing a real like London core. Neil Downs is, is from Liverpool, isn't he? But I think Keanu Marsh Brown yeah, was got, it. You got, brother, was it? You got Marsh Brown, you got um, Harriet? Harriet and Cadell Daniel from, yeah, yeah, yeah. from South London boys. A good core of English born players. That had that grit and um, that English kind of that grit to blend in with the Guyanese boys' kind of athleticism <coughs> and flair. I love that story. It's a brilliant story. I just want to move on to sort of your current career at the moment, Sam. Myself and Sim, we we watch Dulwich Hamlet and uh, a lot. And yeah. Sim actually is a reporter for Dulwich Hamlet, so yeah. he possibly knows more stats than I do. But do do you think I'm always interested? Do you think we watch a lot of players at the Hamlet, and we've seen a lot of players go from the Hamlet in you know the same league as you guys, yeah, going up to like you know, Division One or yeah. the Championship? I, I don't think there's much difference between say a player like yourself and say a player in the Championship. Do, do you feel that? I'm at a stage where you know I'm 29 years old physically in, in terms of fitness. It's it's a different level playing at you know Championship League One. It is physically a different level. I I, I do feel. I think maybe. The difference between the National League and League Two, I, I don't think there's a there's a big difference there. I think perhaps League One Championship, that's probably a, a bigger step up, to be fair. And I don't think it's a major difference for sure. I don't think it's a, it's a huge difference. But I guess it's just getting that opportunity. You know, I, I guess it's getting that rubber to green at times. And sometimes a player might come through at a club where, you know, you might have been at a bigger club where you find it hard to break through and then you drop down and, you end up um, filtering down the leagues. But, you know, it is luck and timing a lot of it. But you do certainly have to have talent. But it's not major. We had a couple of players. Uh, Reese Alassani um, yes. sort of came back and then went to, back to Coventry. And also, one recently, we had Nathan Ferguson, who went from Dulwich Hamlet, playing at Crawley Town regularly as well. So, wow. as you say, the jump, that's about a two-division jump there. Wow. And apparently he's doing really well. So, that's, that's why I was just interested to see your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, I don't, like you said, I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a massive jump. I think it's if you go into those leagues, you've got to adapt quickly to the tempo change. But, you know, I, I don't think it's, there's a major difference between, like I said, League Two, National League. I've found this year with the National South, it is, it's a lot younger, it feels, than it, than it has been over the last couple of years. And I, I, if I'm honest, I don't think the standard's been as good this season than it has in, in previous years. So I'd probably say the National League is probably more closer to... League two, League one now than the national okay. that based off this season I would say. 
And and Sam, you know that Can jump, I... that jump up to the championship. You say it's physical, but is that in terms of speed or the speed of the game? You say you mentioned tempo. Is it? Does it just I, a faster I, yeah, game? Yeah, I think the speed of the game. You know, I think it is most definitely championship. You're you're working at a a real intense environment, and it is a tough, tough league. The championship players physically and and technically are at a high level, and you know that's why it is one of the best leagues in the world for me. The championship. Mm-hmm. In the Gold Cup, just on some of the players that you played against, I think you played against the USA. Uh, am I right yeah. in saying that, that Christian Pulisic was in that team as well? And you had Panama in your group, who England had played just the year before. Yeah, that was very interesting. The, the Panama game, and you know, we really held ourselves well against Panama, considering yeah. you know they, they'd qualified for the World Cup in the year or two before. Was it the America game? That was that was always going to be a tough one. With that, you had McKinney, who was at Schalke, and Reem, who was at Fulham at the time, and. Mm. Christian Pulisic obviously was the he's like the the American sweetheart when it comes to football or soccer out there. So yeah, it was a great experience. I thought we actually it wasn't a four 0 game. We tried to play. We tried to play with a purpose and with an identity, and we came out with a lot of credit. Even though it's four 0 I don't think it was a four 0 game. But the experience to go and play America and being out there and playing our first game at that at a golf cup in a world major tournament it, that that in itself was an achievement and to finish the group third for our first year that wasn't too bad we just need to build on that now and yeah. hopefully qualify for the next one and you know we we'd be looking to get out of the group stage i was lucky enough to be at hotspur way about a month ago and it was just the most amazing complex just the grass was yeah. was just like even just the grass was just done to like yeah. perfection more than i could ever imagine how much of a difference because you would have been training at Spurs Lodge before. How, yeah. how much has the club changed in terms of its training facilities in the 10 years between when you were a player and becoming a coach? Massively. I think you look at the, like you said, you look at the complex now and the facilities which they're working at and like we're working at down at Tottenham Way. It's, um, mm. it's incredible. It's an incredible facility and, and the boys have everything at their helm. They, they have access to the gym facilities and the indoor and outdoor facilities and swimming pool, for example, which we never had at Spurs Lodge. They've got all the facilities and everything they need to improve on their game. But you look back at Spurs Lodge and for me, that was a, that was a proper training ground. And we felt spoiled at the time at Spurs Lodge. We loved that place. It had a proper smell of a proper football environment. <laughs> you know, the changing room was still raw and it had a proper football feel. I think now... At Hotspur Way, it's artificial, not be the word. It's it's it is high level, high high level. It is it is something else. So you know the boys have got everything, and they're spoiled as such. But that's why they've got to use everything and take advantage of everything they have around them to really maximise their potential and you know try and earn themselves a career in the game. Sam, could I just ask you just touch on nutrition for a second? What would be like a typical lunch at the training ground? You got the salad bar, which which you could all use, that's free to access and you have a choice of fish or a meat, chicken or whatever. So you have options and to be honest, mate, it is top draw. The lunches there are top notch and you've got the vegan options as well. The boys are looked after massively, but you know, at a club like Tottenham Hotspur, for me, one of the best in Europe, you're working with top facilities. You have to make sure everything's at a high level and that includes nutrition amongst everything else. So yeah, no, it's top, top draw. Join us again tomorrow on Why You Won Daily for the second half of our 2008-09 season review when Sam Cox gives us an idea of how it feels to sit in the Spurs dressing room having been named in the matchday squad for a European fixture in White Hart Lane.